Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17, we'll begin there tonight. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Most of the time I single in on one text and we'll explain that one text, but tonight we're going to look at a pattern that we see throughout all of Scripture. Um, So tonight we're actually going to look at a theme that uh, it's a biblical theme and we're going to trace a line from the beginning to the end and see where we see this theme uh, lived out. Before we start, when I was in seminary, we had a friend... um, that uh, he actually taught our Sunday school class, and he and his wife were trying to have a child. And they were told, basically by the doctors, that they were not going to be able to have a child, that, that, uh, that his wife was barren, and uh, they actually had scheduled to have a hysterectomy performed on her. Now, that, for you kids back in the back... Uh, That's an operation that would be given so that a a woman would no longer be able to have a child anymore. That was was scheduled. Well, um, while they were in the interim period there, uh, there was a, uh, uh, the the man's father uh, came down with cancer. And uh, because of the cancer and everything as he was um, dwindling in his health, um, they had to postpone the, uh, the hysterectomy operation. Well, his father ended up dying, but uh, yes, you, I, you, heard, you heard me, I heard you. <laughs> his father ended up dying, but after that happened and the, the funeral was um, done and everything, what happened was his wife got pregnant. This woman who was not supposed to be able to have a baby... Uh, they were they had a hysterectomy planned on the schedule, but it was postponed because of his father being ill and dying. And uh, the Lord opened her womb, and she was able to have a child. Chances are, maybe you've heard of a story like that of someone who was told they wouldn't be able to have kids, and uh, the Lord intervened and allowed them to have a child. Uh, well, we see that pattern throughout Scripture. Where the first time we see it is here in Genesis chapter 17. Beginning with uh, verse 1 in Genesis chapter 17, we, we read about um, Abraham and Sarah. You know, Abraham was promised that he would be a father of many nations, that kings would come from his line. Um, and uh, he got to be really old. You know, Abraham was 100 years old here in this point. His wife was 90. Can you imagine somebody who's 100 years old or 90 years old having a baby? How about you, Maren? Can you imagine that? No. That's just impossible, right? But God promised them that they were going to have a baby. So I'm going I'm to read this passage here. Beginning in Genesis 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you 
and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations and for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to, and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings and the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. I'm going to skip to verse 15. Okay, Addie? And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. And for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him. I will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. Lord, give us ears to hear. Help us to focus in on what your word says. Not to be distracted by other people around us. Not to be distracted or to be distracting. But Lord, to focus on your word. Help us to do that. Father, I pray that uh, you would give me strength. Help me, uh, a sinner, to be able to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. What we saw there is Abraham. He's he's 99 years old. He's almost 100 years old. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody that old? Austin, how about you? Can you imagine somebody 100 years old having a baby? No. It was impossible. But God promised Abraham that he would have a child by his wife, who was 90 years old. Right? Well, Abraham thought it was so impossible that he laughed. He just fell on his face laughing. And you know what God did? God told Abraham that he was going to name their child Laughter. That's what Isaac means. Isaac means laughter. And so God told him to name their child Laughter because that's what they did when they heard they were going to have a baby so old. Well, that's not the first time, that's not the the last time we hear something like this. 
In fact, we hear a lot of stories in the Bible like this. We hear another story just a few chapters later in Genesis chapter 30. See, Rachel was somebody who was married to um, um, Abraham and Sarah's grandson. They had a grandson by the name of Jacob. You guys in the back know what a grandson is? Right? You got grandparents? Yeah. yeah all right, all right. Well, Abraham and Sarah, they had a grandson that was from this line, that promised child that, that uh, they were promised they were going to have. And this grandson's name was Jacob. And he had uh, two wives. you imagine that? I'm talking right to you in the back row, okay? <laughs> he had two wives. Two wives. Can you imagine that? Now, here, let me tell you a little story about how he got two wives. See, Jacob, he, was, he, was, he went to go work for uh, his, his uh, uh, a guy by the name of Laban. And he went to go work for Laban, and he, he saw Laban's daughter, Rachel, and she was so beautiful. She was, he was like, i got to marry this woman. And Jacob... Uh, he, he decided that he was going to work for seven years so that his, her, her father would give her to him. So he worked for seven long years so that he could have Rachel as his wife. You know what happened? They had a marriage ceremony. They put the ring on and they had the honeymoon. And the next morning, Jacob woke up and it was her older sister, Leah. Can you imagine that? Well, the, Jacob had to have Rachel. He loved her so much. So he made a deal with Laban, and he worked another seven years, a whole seven years, so that he could have Rachel as well, the one that he wanted in the first place. Now, he loved Rachel. But he didn't care so much for Leah. But you know what? God loved Leah. God loved Leah. She was not the pretty one. She was uh, not the one that was loved by her husband, but God loved her. So God blessed her by giving her many children. They had lo- she had lots and lots of children. And uh, Rachel, she was sad. She was loved by her husband. She was loved by Jacob. But... She couldn't have any children. And she prayed, and she prayed, and God still was not letting her have a child till finally God opened her womb. And in Genesis chapter 30, um, it says, Then God remembered Rachel and listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. Here we are with two women who were not able to have any children. One of them was really, really old. And God promised them, you're going to have a child. And God gave them children. But that's not the last time we hear about this. It keeps going. It's some kind of a pattern. We come to Judges chapter 13. Judges comes much later in the biblical history. 
And we read in Judges chapter 13, it says, And the people of Israel did ev- again did what was evil in the, eye, in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. That happened a lot in Judges. The people would do evil in God's sight. They would, they would sin, and God would let their enemies come and take over them. Well, verse 2, There was a certain man of Zorah, who was the, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, You are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or no strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from his womb. And he shall, begin to be, he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. <clears throat> then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. And then... So then, drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb until the day of his death. Now, that was the story of of whenever Samson's parents were told that they would have a child. Now, who knows who Samson was? You kids? Yeah, yeah you kids. none of you know who Samson was. Well, you had a lesson about him a couple weeks ago. Oh, you did. Okay, you listen. Well, Samson, he was, remember, he was that strong man. His parents were that way. They couldn't have a child. They were old. And you know what? God promised them, you're going to have a child. And God fulfilled his promise. They were barren, and yet God gave them a child. Now, we come to 1 Samuel. We see this again. Starting to see a pattern here, aren't we? We've seen it three times. This barren woman who really, really wanted to have a child, and God gave her a child. We're going to see it again here in 1 Samuel. Now, there was a certain man of Rephaim Zophim. Now, that one's a hard one to say. Of the hill country of the Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Joram son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. He had two wives. Whoa! You've heard that one before? No. Well, so we just heard about somebody that had two wives. It was Jacob, just earlier. Well, starting to see a pattern here, right? Well, he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Panina. And Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, does that sound familiar, kids? Does that sound familiar? It sounds kind of like Rachel and Leah, doesn't it? Leah had lots of kids. Rachel didn't have any. Panina had lots of kids. And Hannah didn't have any. Verse 3. 
Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. What's that sound like? It also sounds like Rachel and Leah. Hannah was the one he loved. Rachel was the one that Jacob loved. And neither one of them could have any children. And then verse 6, And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. That doesn't sound very nice, does it? Because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not worth more to you than ten sons? Now, if you guys would listen there in the back, you'd laugh at that. Can you imagine that? Okay, she can't have any kids. And her husband says to her, why are you all upset? Are not I worth more than ten sons? He has a pretty high opinion of himself, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, after that, verse 9, after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose, and Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. That sounds familiar too. That's one of the things that Samson was supposed to have. No razor was supposed to touch his head. So you notice we're seeing a pattern here, don't you? You got Sarah, you got Rachel, you got Manoah and his wife, and you've got Hannah. All these ladies who wanted to have a child, but they couldn't have a child, but until God opened their womb and let them have a child. We see that four times here in the first couple of books of the Bible. We look forward a little bit, and in the Psalms, we read something about God. We read about God in uh, Psalm 113, in verse 9, it says, God gives the barren woman a home making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. You hear that? God gives the barren woman a home. That's, I think, reflecting back on what, what God was saying to Sarah and to Rachel and to uh, Manoah's wife and to Hannah. And then we see it again in Isaiah. There's two different passages. One's in chapter 49 and the other one is in chapter 54. I'm going to read the one from chapter 54. It says, Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. 
For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children who is, are, of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes. You know what? God here was talking to Israel, His people, saying, they're like a barren one. They're like a barren one because they had sinned and God had, had destroyed all the cities and, and their cities were all barren. But they were now going to come to a time when they were going to sing, rejoice, sing, O barren one. Because God was going to bless them with fruitfulness, with many, many children. A time when Isaiah prophesied about. Well, that sounds a lot like what the passage that Bradley read, didn't it? You know, Bradley read about a, a person in the New Testament. Elizabeth and Zechariah. They were an old couple. And they didn't have any children. And they wanted a child and God gave them a child. Gave him John the Baptist. That was the child that God gave them. This is all rooted in something that goes way back even further than, Adam, or than uh, Abraham and Sarah. Goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Mackenzie, do you know who Adam and Eve were? The first two people. The first two people, Adam and Eve. And you know what? Adam and Eve were our great, 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 great grandparents, okay? Way, way, way back there. We all come from Adam and Eve. And you know what they did? God gave them a command not to sin, not not to eat of a certain tree. And they broke God's command and brought sin into the world. And now we're all sinners because of that. And God told, they were tempted by a serpent. Eve was tempted by a serpent. And God gave a curse on the serpent. And He said something to that serpent. Back in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 14, it says, The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. You know what that tells us? Eve, who was told the day she ate the fruit she was going to die, well, she did spiritually, but God gives grace. And He says, she's going to have an offspring. She's going to have a baby. He shall bruise your head. He's talking to the serpent there. The snake. The devil. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise His heel. You know what? That's telling us about what Jesus was going to do someday. Jesus was the one who was looking forward to that was going to be a descendant of Eve. Someone who was going to be in that family line of Eve who was going to crush the serpent's head. He was going to kill the devil. Alright? He was going to be our Savior. Just like Samson was a Savior who saved his people, Jesus was a greater Savior than any of that. So guys, here's one I want you to hear. The point of all of this. I've been talking about this pattern we see in the Old Testament. So what does that mean to you, Austin? What does that mean to you, Peyton and Mackenzie? What does that mean to you, Jillian? And Lily, what does that mean to you? 
there's this pattern of how God sees someone who's desperate. Someone who, who longs for God to bless them, and yet they don't see the blessing. Until God, against all odds, overcomes their barrenness. What we're hearing tonight is a message of how God is a God who gives hope to the barren. God is a God who gives hope to those who feel hopeless. Have you ever felt hopeless? Austin, have you ever felt hopeless? How about you, Marin? Have you ever felt hopeless? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what we see in all these stories, Sarah, she couldn't have a baby and she felt hopeless. And you know what happened? God gave hope to the hopeless. Rachel, she felt hopeless. She felt unloved. And God gave hope to the hopeless. And then Manoah and his wife, they were old. They couldn't have a baby. They felt hopeless. And God gave hope to the hopeless. And Hannah, (laughs) thanks Amy. Hannah, she felt like she was hopeless. She couldn't have a baby. And her rival, Panina, she just kept rubbing it in. You ever had somebody rub it in whenever you felt hopeless? Yeah. Well, this Panina, she just kept rubbing it in, provoking her. And God gave hope to the hopeless. Let me tell you, kids, let me tell you all. If you ever feel hopeless, God can give hope to the hopeless. And you know what? There's an even bigger story here. Not only did God make barren women have a baby, but there's another Isaiah tells us in chapter 7 of there will be a come a time when a virgin shall be with child and we'll call his name Emmanuel. God with us is what Emmanuel means. And Jesus, it tells us, was born of a virgin Mary. It was impossible for a barren woman to have a baby, but it was even more impossible for a virgin to have a baby. It's a miracle. God gave hope. To the hopeless. All right. Well, if you've ever felt hopeless, if you feel hopeless right now, God can give you hope. Stand on His Word. Believe in His promises. Trust in Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.